Imagine building a more successful hypnosis business just in the next 10 days. To learn how, please visit worksmarthypnosis.com and take the 10-day hypnosis business challenge. Yours free today. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back. It's Jason Lynette here with the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast, session number 20, all about post-hypnotic success. Really happy to have you here with this program, and a special big thank you goes out to everybody who's already appeared as a guest on this program, from Roy Hunter to Kelly Woods to Michael Elner, Sean Michael Andrews, Inez Simpson, Ron Esslinger, John Ware, Marie Mongan. The list just keeps going on and on, and especially those that have already inter- uh, recorded some interviews with, and these programs will be coming your way rather quickly. And in the program today, what I want to share with you, again, are some strategies that I have been using now for quite some time in terms of wrapping up the sessions that I do here at the office. The one point of view I want to kick into gear before we actually jump into this program on post-hypnotic success is a rather straightforward piece of language. First of all, we do not wake up from hypnosis. We do not let our clients become wide awake after the process for a rather straightforward reason. They weren't asleep. So imagine you've just now done the most perfect, flawless session with your client. Yet then your person who's there in the chair hears you say, And in a moment, you'll be wide awake from hypnosis. Well, immediately you start to kick in just the slightest bit of doubt that, uh uh-oh, something's gone wrong. You just said wide awake and simply put, they were not asleep. So remember that we emerge from hypnosis. And I'd specifically share some of the language that I tend to use in the office. Basically, well, it comes down to the law of compounding, but really at its core, it's just a game of how many synonyms, how many paraphrases can I make of the exact same statement? And understand as I do a program like this, the words that I say in my session are really not scripted out. There's a basic concept that's in place and letting the subconscious mind basically fill in the gaps. So in a moment, I'm going to count from the number one to five. At the count of five, you'll be fully refreshed, alert, feeling good, fully aware of the environment around you, fully emerged from this hypnotic state. And basically, I've again just said the same thing over and over and over with different meaning, different understanding behind it. So specifically, again, if you're using the words wake up from hypnosis or be wide awake afterwards, you know, it's one of those things that we have an amazing history of people who have used that type of language. And admittedly, they're still out there. They're still getting results with their clients. Though a lot of these techniques that I'd often share just basically come down to what we like to call best practices, that it's just in your best interest to use the updated terminology. It's just in your better interest to use the better, more up-to-date phrasing. Though what I want to share with you in terms of a transition at this point is to keep in mind that the session itself, the suggestion to emerge from hypnosis is a suggestion just like any other suggestion in the process. So depending on the books you're looking at, depending on the resources from which you've learned, you'll see different pieces of terminology out there that would point to how long can a suggestion be held on to? What does it take for a post-hypnotic suggestion to become permanent? 
And what I'd basically share is a bit of terminology here. Well, in my world, basically every suggestion we would ever apply towards change is a post-hypnotic suggestion. And I may even crack the joke to a client that you can hang out in my office all day and not worry about cigarettes. At that point, I might start to bill you by the hour. So we're working on everything outside of the office. But again, keep in mind the suggestion to emerge from hypnosis is a suggestion just like the rest of the process. So basically, here's what I'm getting at. In those few moments after the client has emerged, and again, depending on the books you've read, most often I'd see the phrasing that perhaps the client is still in a hyper-suggestible state for the first maybe 20 to 45 seconds after that. What I'm here to suggest to you is that if the process for giving hypnotic suggestions continues then we can actually take that span of time and expand it on outwards, even further. Real quick, there's some things I'm going to share with you during this program today that I'd point you back to worksmarthypnosis.com. Find the session, find the posting that's all about this session, number 20, and you're going to see some of the references, some of the resources I'm going to point to. But basically... We're coming in for the home stretch. I've gone through my first session, and for the most part, the strategies that I'm going to share with you here are all strategies that specifically I'm going to make use of at the end of my very first session with that client. The first strategy begins to wrap up with a technique that's probably already very familiar to a lot of you, uh, which is the classic Don Motten red reinforcement setup. And this is interesting. Over the next few days longer if you like, you'll start to notice the color red. Of all things, the color red. The color red, 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 red. That color red is going to begin to stick out, stand out, and shine out just a little bit brighter as a reinforcement, as a reminder of all the things you will accomplish from this point forward. Whether that color red is as small as fingernail polish, as common as a stop sign, a stoplight, the taillights of a car in front of you, or as big as a building or a billboard. That color red will seem just a bit more vibrant as a reminder of everything you accomplish from this point forward. It's not a reminder to have to do anything when you see the color red. In fact, you might not even notice it any different consciously. Yet deep within your unconscious now, it becomes that reinforcement, that reminder of everything you accomplish from this day forward. So just a little bit of an update and some thoughts on that language. First of all, there's just something wonderful about just compounding the word red, 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 red over and over. Interesting point, too, is that over the years, I've tried to become clever with this strategy. Oh, cool, I've got a golfer coming in. Let's make it green. And sure enough, it just didn't work so well. And here is how typically when a client comes back for that second session, how I would recap what the strategy was all about. You know, there's an older way of working in which I would record the session you and I did together, send you home with it, and then tell you you have to listen to it every day between now and when you come back. So instead, what if there was a method to connect something that you will run into your environment back to the session that we've done today? And that's exactly what this strategy does. We're building up that anchor. We're building up that trigger that the color red is going to indirectly reinforce the work we've done within the session. And I want to point out some finesses here, which admittedly, this is a technique that I've modified and adapted and just probably at this point I've said more than 2,000 times. So the way that I tend to do it again just has evolved over the years. So specifically, I'm going to begin to compound what's going to happen with the color red. 
It's going to be going to stick out, stand out, and shine out just a little bit brighter as a reinforcement. So basically, any one of those three would be viable. Perfect. And then in addition to that, notice that the way that we're phrasing the post-hypnotic suggestion, as a reminder of all the things you will accomplish from this point forward. So specifically here, what I'm pointing at is to use that color red as a reinforcement of their own abilities. Exercising, if you've done a lot of reading of Roy Hunter's books, I love to use the theme of exercising that power of choice, that ability the client has to make changes and hold on to them. So rather than perhaps a tapping on the forehead and the urge for the cigarette goes away, instead a tap on the forehead is a reminder of all the control they've always had. I tend to like that style of post-hypnotic suggestion better for the simple reason it allows a little bit wider of a response, and they're going to filter that in in an artfully vague way for what they need it to mean. And of course, the suggestion begins over the next few days, longer if you like. So there's already going to be a wearing off of this type of suggestion, so let's leave that open for that point. I would actually point back to Roy Hunter's books, an interesting side story out of the books that points to an experience where I believe, if I'm remembering this right, a uh, client had a car accident on the way leaving the office. So Roy does a fantastic job in his emergence of referring to driving safely on the ride home, which is wonderful, but I like to do that here. Because what red things will they run into their environment? Stop signs, stop lights, taillights of a car in front of you, or as big as a building or a billboard. Again, compounding further, the color red will seem a bit more vibrant as a reminder of everything you accomplish from this point forward. And I would admit, after perhaps my 100th client came back and said, I forgot what I was supposed to do when I saw the color red, that's when I then folded in this next phrase. It's not a reminder to have to do anything when you see the color red. In fact, you might not notice it any different consciously. Yet deep within your subconscious mind, the color red acts as a reinforcement, as a reminder. So even if we don't have the conscious hook to hang the process off of, I can make this technique work now because we're also now pointing back to just that inner mind doing the work for them. So to recap at this point, if you've been keeping up with some of the programs I've presented so far, during the session I have made use of various testing convincers. Very often perhaps eye lock, perhaps arm lock, if it's congruent with the method of the change, I've got a whole handling of doing glove anesthesia and then moving the sensation around, even for feelings like stress or fear, just to neutralize that sensation. If they're there to quit smoking, quit drinking, or lose weight, I very likely have done some bit of hypnotic phenomenon in terms of the mouth feeling drier and drier and creating that sensation that they need water when they've agreed to get in terms of the... Uh, pre-hypnosis interview time, just finding out if they'd like to drink more water. So basically, as the session comes to a close, I now have at least two, three, but very often four, sometimes even five techniques that I've made use of throughout that session, all pointing to moments of hypnotic phenomenon. And if you're not using any right now, let me give you the simplest one to make use of. Let's assume you're a progressive muscle relaxation person. Fine. At the end of your progressive muscle relaxation induction, apply some hypnotic suggestion as if they could imagine every bit of relaxation in their body possible, pulling and collecting down around their feet, and the feet becoming so heavy that even if they try to lift them, they just feel even heavier. Try to pick them up, they just feel even heavier. Try to move those feet, they just become even heavier. 
good. Quit testing, relax, and go deeper. So you've basically done, well, large muscle catalepsy testing. It's an Aaron's scale number two to at least verify a level of hypnosis rather than just work by assumption. So put that into use. But again, simply put, so far, what have I done? We've folded in some moments of hypnotic phenomenon, as I've referenced back in my pre-talk. Again, go back and review session number one of this podcast. And as soon as we come out of the process, now we're into this post-hypnotic success. So I may ask them how long the session felt like. Most often, clients will underestimate the amount of time. I can then refer to that time distortion. In which from there, I can give this phrase. Little things like that that we layer into the process to confirm where we are. Moments like when your eyes wouldn't open, and even that moment where your arm wouldn't even bend. Yeah, you seem to get a kick out of that. And perhaps I've done the bit with the water. Um, my, my favorite piece of hypnotic suggestion, could I grab you a bottle of water? Yeah, let's talk about that. And full credit due, this is a bit of language from uh, Ron Esslinger that I've modified for doing that water dryness in the mouth hypnotic phenomenon. Let's chat about that. It's a biochemical physiological shift in the body simply by suggestion. To use a bit of terminology you probably already know, it's a positive hallucination. That's one of the deepest levels of hypnotic suggestion I can give you and still have you be responsive to my voice. So to use the best language I know, dude, seriously, high five, you did great. And yes, this is a moment where I go in for a high five with my client. And if I can say it simply, the client who perhaps that did not seem appropriate to go for, and I mean that in terms of maybe they're a little bit more proper, they're a little bit less laid back, that's the one I'm definitely going to go for that high five with. You know, keep it in mind in terms of this. Of the two people in the room, you've got the hypnotist, you've got the client. In terms of measuring hypnotizability and how well have they done, who is it in the room that has really the best qualifications to make that decision? Well, we do. And it's our responsibility, in my opinion, to confirm for the client just how well they've done and using whatever information from the session is appropriate to do so. And I've just found it to be so disarming in that final moment just to simply go for that high five and confirm that. I'll even point to eye flutter when I've noticed it. I'll point to redness of the eyes. I'll refer back to some of the hypnotic uh, signs that you and I would know to look for just to commend the client for how well they've done. This is the strength back to the Milton Erickson, that's right, strategy. That whenever your client does something sensory verifiable, give them that confirmation, give them that pat on the back, letting them know just how well they've done. So basically, again, what am I doing here? I'm harnessing hypersuggestibility by giving positive suggestions for just how well they've done immediately upon the eyes reopening for a very simple reason. I want to be there with those suggestions before they can think to ask questions, before they can stop and think, did I do that all right? I want to be there giving them that praise just as quickly as possible. And let's take this one step further. So your feedback over the next few days is what really helps to guide us. So if there's that moment where in the past you would have been there smoking, but then you realized you've gone for a few days without them, you know, keep track of that. Let me know how great that works for you. If there's a moment where you kind of laugh at yourself because you're reaching for something, then you realized you already threw them out. That's perfectly fine. Keep track of that. Let me know about it. Or even if there is a moment where it seems like you needed something and you ended up using that technique that I taught you and then you were fine, you know, 
keep track of that. Whatever your feedback is, that's what helps to guide us from this point forward. And what I want you to hear that I've done there is I've basically given anywhere between two and three future-paced hypnotic suggestions of things that they can notice in the few weeks ahead or between now and the next session. But what I really want you to hear are the categories in which I always pull from. Category number one, downright amazing. Category number two, pretty good. And category number three was just the slightest bit of challenge, but here's something that you did to bring it into pretty good. Obviously, it's a bit of a false dichotomy because there are other options, aren't there? Yet by giving three viable options in which they can then begin to sort themselves into, the fascinating thing is as soon as I begun folding this into my sessions, my response, my results just jumped up substantially. And oddly enough, the frequency that a client will come back and refer to the exact scenarios that I future paced in this moment, which where are these coming from? On my office forms, I'm asking for what are your goals a month from now, a year from now, five years from now. And very often, this is the information that I'm pulling details, pulling strategies from to fold into this part of the session. So again, to recap where we are right now, throughout my pre-talk, I gave a little bit of a future pace suggestion that there will be some hypnotic moments. Throughout the session, I then made use of testing convincers just to build up some conviction throughout the process. And at the same time, too, this perhaps is a program for the future, but linking the hypnotic phenomenon to the change, which can be done in a very simple way. The part of your mind that can make that happen is the part of the mind that can now make this happen. Fill in the blanks. It's that simple. As the session begins to come in for a close, I, at the end of my very first session, go into that Don Martin Red Reinforcer setup. Then from there, I then go into the emerging process, whether it's a count from one to five, whether it's in a moment you'll open your eyes and this is what will happen. But remember, too, the Dave Elman advice about emerging from hypnosis with positive health-giving suggestions. I tend to like a little bit slower of a process for emerging. It prevents the hypnotic hangover. But then on top of that, too, it just gives me more opportunities for positive suggestion and to further compound any advanced techniques we've used throughout the process. The very moment the client's eyes open, I'm immediately recapping just how well they did, just how wonderful they did, and referring back to those specific hypnotic phenomenon throughout the experience. So again, harnessing hypersuggestibility to continue suggestions moving forward, even into that post-hypnotic part of the session. And again, as soon as that's in place, going for a high five, commending them on how well they've done, and then very specifically giving two to three future-paced hypnotic suggestions of things that they may notice in the week ahead. Again, always things that are verifiable, always things that perhaps fit into those three categories. Downright amazing good enough, or pretty good, and then good enough, but here's what you did to make it pretty good. And I want to share one last strategy that, uh, admittedly, I have been doing now for the last year, and only as of a couple of weeks ago did I start folding into my classes that I teach. And perhaps you've had the same challenge. The session you just did with your client was phenomenal. Everything went well. Everything went exactly as it was supposed to go. And yet, as the client walked out the door, they looked at you and they said, well, hope it works. We'll see how it goes. 
and then your ego just drops. So despite a session going phenomenally well, at the end of it, the best you get is a, well, hope it works. Let's see what happens. So looking at the language that I use in the session, and yes, I'd often make use of this, and I think I referenced this in a previous program, I'd often make use of strategies to, um, you know, reframe against the words try and hope wherever appropriate. I'm going to use a little bit more action-based language with my clients. And despite that, again, that wasn't the end. That wasn't the result, which perhaps out of credit to the client, maybe a bit of time distortion. You know, they said it felt like 15 minutes. We've been working for 45. The little bit about language patterns was about an hour ago in terms of my first session. So perhaps just because it's been so long. Well, if we can use our post-hypnotic time to begin to compound suggestions, let's compound it even further. And simply put, here is a bit of the language that I'll often begin to use. And this would often come right after I've done that red reinforcement setup and it would come just before I'm about to emerge. So let me just roll into this in action. Deep within your mind, that color red will be at work, reinforcing, reminding you of everything you accomplish from this point forward. In a moment, I'm going to count from the number one to five. At the count of five, you'll be fully refreshed, alert, fully emerged from this hypnotic state, feeling great probably feeling better than you felt in a couple of days. As I count from one to five, let that energy rise on up. And at the count of five, specifically at five, those eyes can easily reopen as your mind folds in and integrates all these changes today. However, before we wrap up, I want to share with you one interesting thing. Because as you walk out that door today, there are three possibilities, three ways that things could go. And I'd share with you, only one of them carries the success that you're here for. Because you could walk out that door today and think to yourself, well, hope it works, and realize just how passive that is. Hoping is taking all that ability that you have and handing it off to someone or something else. So we don't want that one. You could also walk out that door today and think to yourself, well, that was interesting. I'll try my best. And realize the word try, again, is not that effective. As remember a little while ago, I asked you to try to bend the arm, and you weren't able to. And that's exactly why, because I used the word try. Isn't that interesting? So we don't want that one either. Or instead, at the count of three, because simply put, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. You could give yourself one simple suggestion as you leave today. And as you give this suggestion to yourself, that becomes your result. A suggestion so small, so simple, that I know you're going to do well with it. That at the count of five, when those eyes reopen and as you find yourself leaving today, you can just simply think to yourself, I've got this. This is going to be easy. Or even better, hey, this is going to be fun. And as you give yourself that suggestion, that becomes your result. I've got this. This is going to be easy. As I count from one to five, feel that energy rising on up. As one energy rising, becoming more aware of the temperature of the air in the room, the feeling of your body in that chair. Two, energy increasing. Noticing how that breathing has already returned to a nice, normal, natural pace. Three, energy rising on up. 
feeling the urge to move, to stretch those fingers and toes, perhaps wanting to move around and stretch. Yeah, there they go. As four beneath those eyelids, eyes clearing as you allow these changes to take place easily now as I've got this. This is going to be easy. This is going to be fun. As five, letting those eyes open back up, feeling refreshed, feeling alert, feeling good. And you do feel good, don't you? So I simply refer to that as the I've got this, this is going to be easy pattern. And it seems so simple. It seems so subtle. Yet the one thing I want to point out to you is the noticeable shift that I've encountered at my office. The noticeable change that as people leave the office, they're leaving with even greater conviction. And it's actually been quite some time now since I've really had that really long drawn out questioning of, did that go well? Did this go right? And all that, that we go back and forth. Now, admittedly, there are some times where, and I say this politely, despite your pre-talk, your client just doesn't listen to it. Um, I had a client one time, and I believe I've shared this story before here. I had a client one time that despite giving the pre-talk three times in three different sessions was still saying to me, well, but I heard every word you said. To which I'm politely sitting there saying, I know, I told you you would, um, at least for the style of work that I tend to do. I do a very active style of, pro of techniques in the session. So what I recommend is this. Play with that strategy that, again, I've got this. This is going to be fun. Now, of course, I'm going to begin to custom design that given the language, given the rapport with the individual clients. Yet the way that you just heard me repeat it here and just simply rewind and go back and listen to it again, the way that I've just said it here is probably pretty close to how I've said it about 90% of the time for the last uh, several months up to about a year ago. So play with that. Basically, if there's a challenge that you're having in your sessions, find a way to future pace against it during your sessions. So I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback on this one. Play with this technique. It's given me a lot of great mileage. It helps me to wrap up my sessions with a whole lot of conviction and just further strengthen the results that we have with our clients. Jason Lynette here, Work Smart Hypnosis. This has been Post-Hypnotic Success. I look forward to hearing of your success very soon. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. Please visit the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast listing on iTunes and share your positive feedback.